Hi, thank you for listening to Black to School. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Cindy McFarlane and I'm your host. This is our coveted HBCU episode. HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. In a time where black people could not attend colleges due to racism and segregation, HBCUs were created to educate the minority group. The culture at HBCUs is unlike any other college experience. Many black students attend HBCUs to get a chance to connect to a culture. With the African diaspora, many black Americans do not have a culture to identify with because they cannot trace their ancestral history. Black culture in and of itself was founded on the basis of connection for minorities and has translated into popular culture through fashion and hip hop, just to name a few. HBCUs are grounds for interpersonal connection within the black community before entering the workforce in a predominantly white society. The courses and opportunities presented at HBCUs are specifically for black students. This is not to say HBCUs do not have their own issues and challenges, but the race-based incidents at PWIs, predominantly white institutions, are inherently absent in these environments. Come join me and two HBCU graduates in discussing the Black HBCU experience. Welcome Black to School. My name is Stephen McFarlane and I'm your host. Today we are doing our Historically Black Colleges and University episodes. We have two guests today. One is Sierra McFarlane and the other is Kari Blackshear. Just introduce yourself. What was your major? Where did you go to school? And what type of stuff were you involved in on campus? Sierra? Hi, I'm Sierra McFarlane. I studied film and TV production with a minor in photography, and I went to Howard University in D.C. Um, On-campus involvement, I was involved in a photography club. I was the secretary, and yeah. Hi, I'm Kari Blackshear. I went to Prairie View A&M University in Texas. I majored in mass communications, and I minored in theater. Um, on campus, I was involved in the theater program. You guys are very creative, artistic. So why did you guys choose those HBCUs? Like, why did you apply there? What made you accept it? And, like, what really locked down the commitment process for you guys? Sierra? Uh, for me, my parents went there, so I don't know. It was kind of like an alumni thing. I was just familiar with it all growing up. So when I got in, I was like, all right, I'm down. Um, I would say the same. My uncle went to my school and he left it. He was a like a drum major. He was just really involved. So I guess he hyped it up for me. Gotcha. Yeah, parental hype. Parental hype. So. <laughs> yeah. As black women coming from black families, going to a black college and university. Mm-hmm. Definitely a thing. Um, how was your freshman year? Maybe for you guys with the pandemic and everything, how was your first year on campus? Or, like, where things were, like, the most normal, I guess, from, like, moving in to f- your first finals week and just navigating college? Uh, for me, freshman year was trying to get used to everything. I don't know, the transition from high school and knowing everybody from, like, elementary school to not knowing anyone at all kind of freaked me out. So I kind of stayed in my bubble. Um, I made a couple of friends, and then the pandemic hit, and then we all went home. So that was about it. <laughs> Um, I think freshman year was difficult for me. I was a 2020 freshman and, you know, the pandemic had just happened. But also, I wasn't supposed to be going to my school. 
like Prairie View was my dream school, but I had already enrolled and started classes at a different university. And like five days before I needed to be in Texas, I got the call that I got the scholarship that I needed to go to Prairie View. Wow. So like things happened really fast. It was unexpected. The college that I was going to at first was like 30 minutes from my house. Like I was not prepared to move wow. states. Right. Yeah. So it was a difficult first year. And then especially the pandemic, all my classes are online. So I really don't know anyone. And then I wasn't prepared to go to Texas. So, I mean, it was it was kind of difficult. <laughs> so just for reference, like, where are you from? Georgia, right? Yeah, I'm from Georgia. Okay. Dang, Georgia to Texas. Jesus. <laughs> so far. And then just, like, packing up everything to get ready to yes. go to school. That's kind of insane. And for reference... Sierra and I are from Maryland. She has school in DC. So, like, we're an hour minutes, hour away, away from home. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys think you made the right choice in attending those schools? Both of them are graduated by now, also. Um, I think looking back, yes, but I would hope to have been more involved and made more friends and got out there. I think I made the right choices for the program. The film program is very strong, I think. And I made a lot of connections with professors and everything. So I always... On an academic level. Yeah, on a... Yes, on an (laughs) academic level. But it's like a reference where I could just go to my old um, cinematographer professor and um, ask her questions. Like, just email her now and like, hey, how do you feel about this? Like, what does this look like? And I just get references. So, yeah, I... I don't know. I thought it was going to be, maybe it's like based off of (laughs) shows and stuff like that, but be more like louder and like more involved, like on the yard and stuff like that in comparison, because some days were just really bland. I'd say just any normal school day, so. Yeah. The expectation of college being this big thing where it's just like, oh, I'm just kind of living here and going to school. Yes, exactly. I was like, okay. I I do think I made the right choice. I will say that where I went to college was largely based on living situation mm-hmm. because I wanted I just I wanted to be happy and I wanted my own room and <laughs> <laughs> and I got that Priorities. yes so I I think I made the right choice even like academically I appreciate my like professors and the relationships that I made so I'm happy with it yeah. Do you guys wish you knew anything in particular about your school before attending? Not even just like, oh, I wish I could change this or this, but I wish I knew this before I came to be more prepared. In like a mental state to calm down, like you don't have to know everything (laughs) for my program. Because I was like researching everything when I got like my classes list and like the syllabus. And I was like, okay, so maybe I should know like the basics before I go into it, but... They teach you everything you need to know. They're very knowledgeable about it, you know, professors. Good job. How big um, homecoming is, Mm. that was, like, shocking. It was like everyone just came on, and it's not like Howard's gated or anything like that, so anyone can come on the campus. So just seeing everyone on there, I was like, wow, this is big. (laughs) I was like, chill out a bit. (laughs) Car. Um... I found at times that 
my school they expect us to behave like adults but sometimes they they treat us like we're still children like they don't take what we're saying seriously or if i'm saying hey i need this document so i can go to class people are kind of like dragging their feet so i wish i knew to be more on top of things coming in um also my school is in the middle of nowhere and (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize that until i got there and i didn't have a car like i couldn't get an uber out of school so i wish i was more prepared as far as like transportation goes and then on top of that can you guys like contextualize like your school and like how would you start like sierra howard's private i think howard's roughly ten thousand students Ten thousand. yeah okay I'll say all right 12. yeah eight to twelve thousand students mm-hmm. which isn't like small but it's like i guess that'd be considered mid-sized um, i mean i my classes most like for personal classes and stuff like that in my major was like maybe 15 like the but you also have a niche major yeah but there's also like lecture halls and i would say there was like maybe 45 people mm. it's just you start to see the same people around even if you go like a different way and kari how, about how many students do you think went to prairie view i have no clue i i i could guess and say like nine thousand that may be too high i don't know (laughs) but my classes are kind of small i guess like maybe 20 people like it wasn't a whole lot of us and i started to see a lot of the same people as well um within my classes not necessarily on campus but Mm -hmm. at some point it was like i had classes with like five people like in the semester that i would just see them over and over and over again do you think you guys benefited from the smaller class size? Because I'm currently in lecture halls with 200, 300 people. I definitely think so. I don't think I could be able to do that. I think the transition from my school and, like, it being max 30 people for me, I was, like, and I got to knew, know my teachers. I think keeping that same momentum or whatever was very nice, very comforting for me just to go up and ask for help rather than, like, you have 200 and I mean you your professors might not even know your name like to your face so that's kind of scary I agree it was so much easier to be like personable or like Mm -hmm. get to know my professors like I had professors to start calling me like nicknames like it was just it was that small yes (laughs) yeah all right and how did you guys find community on campus like your people that you hung out with and considered your actual friends maybe outside of like the classroom acquaintances how did you find your community on campus um i found a friend uh, my first day of my african-american studies class she was on crutches so i helped her out <laughs> and then i realized we were in the same major so we were going to be in the same classes and it kind of built from there um she had a lot of friends in like theater and like very artistic majors so we all kind of gelled well and yeah no one really from outside i would say unless it was like part of like photography club maybe i think my community started in my classes um like working on group projects or like for example worked on a screenwriting project and that was the first time that i actually liked working on a group project 
like being surrounded by people that were passionate about the same thing that I was passionate about that helped um and then being really involved in theater I was stage manager um so I kind of had a hand in everything going on in theater and got to know everyone and we spent like months working with each other so it was hard not to build a community with those people specifically gotcha yeah like film projects those were a lot of um a lot of helping hands like everywhere and even not even in your class or grade or whatever like sophomores and freshmen would be like oh can we help out so it's very nice yeah and going to an hbcu would you say that it was easier to find community on campus or more difficult? Because everyone's like, you can't just bond off the face as basis of like, oh, we're all black. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be more specific, I guess. How, like, what is, what's your take on that? I think, I think you can bond with like one shared common interest. Mm. Um, but there is like cliques, I guess like smaller like friend groups and stuff like that and trying to weave your way through that and trying to join or like separate yourself I don't know I think it's different in that aspect but I also think the whole size of Howard makes it easier than maybe how you have it I would say it's just kind of I still can't believe how many people said your school just like looking at it from like a bird's eye view compared to mine and my school's on it small hill Mm. and then you're like back in dc so and kari um the black experience on campus is what we're discussing i kind of i don't know how to describe it because Mm -hmm. it's like it's the experience like there's nothing to compare it to Mm -hmm. um i think it made me feel more comfortable like just being around people that looked like me like Mm -hmm. I purposely wanted to go to an HBCU because I felt like it would be the last time before like I entered the professional environment where I just got to like feel comfortable or like relate to people in general that have like these shared experiences with me so it was nice I mean there are things that happened that I didn't expect from other schools I guess like Everywhere you go, they're playing, like, Nuck If You Buck. And, (laughs) like, you get tired of this song, but it's, like, everywhere, and it's just normal, and no one's saying anything. Like, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, like, it was comfortable, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. You start going there, and you just think it's just how it is. And then once you step out, like, graduated, you're like, oh, yeah, forgot. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was comforting. I I totally agree with that. I guess I don't think I realized that off the bat just from going there. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Go home, see people like me, like friends and stuff like that. So, yeah. And then the fact that it was an HBCU, like, that's a big factor in your decision. Mm-hmm. And do you think it lived up to, like, those standards? Like, did it give what it needed to give? Mmm... I think the pandemic kind of destroyed the giving a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It started, you know, in freshman year, and then I think the pandemic kind of shifted everything, so it was all smaller. It was like trying to get back there, but it wasn't. 
Um, I agree with that. Like, the pandemic definitely changed things. I was only in school for two years. The first year was completely online. The second year, we started getting back in person, but it just wasn't quite there yet. Like, mm. most people that I would speak to were saying, like, this isn't the PB that it was, like, years ago. Like, we're, we're slowly getting back, but we're not there yet. So that, that changed things for sure. Yeah. I mean, same. It was just everyone was dealing with it and just kind of rolling with the punches. Um, do you have any, like, grievances with your school? Like, anything that just, like, pissed you off or, like, you need to rant and get off your chest about it? I think Howard is slow. Like, talk on your administration. (laughs) I just think I stayed on the phone for over, like, three hours on, like, hold or, like, a wait list during, um, what was it, 2021, I guess, for my junior year coming back to campus after the pandemic for housing. And no one picked up to figure out if I even was allowed to have housing. Which kind of very much sucked. Because once Kamala Harris was in office, it kind of, they accepted more people than it could hold. Mm. And so they kicked us off, like, seniors or juniors. And then they gave us sophomores because they didn't have their freshman year and then freshmen. And I thought that was, like, very horrible. and <laughs> Very horrible and very stressful. They're very slow. And I'm like, why are you living up to that kind of thing? Because dad always said something they're like hard slow but it's a thing i'm like it shouldn't be yeah not being able to like get in contact with people you need to and waiting in lines i mean they fixed it now they have like put your phone number in and then we'll call you back like they have that but still i feel like when that started that kind of irritated me so bad so bad do you think if you went in person, it would have been easier? Maybe, but I think I have a fear of, like, them telling, oh, we were not accepting, like, mm. informational help or something like that at this time, because they still have, like, regular work to do. So, I don't know. Or it's like, come back with this paper, this paper, yeah, this paper. exactly. <laughs> like, compared to what I had at home. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, where's all of this? I'm like, I don't know like what you want from me <laughs> so yeah Kari any grievances any quick rants about your school I feel like some people weren't educated on how things were supposed to work at my school like but my scholarship I was supposed to get a $600 stipend every semester and they kept putting it in my bookstore voucher but it was supposed to be like a check directly mm. to me oh, wow. so then I would like call them like hey I kind of I need that check and they were like, no, that's not how it works. But then the semester before, it was sent to me as a check. And it was just became a circle of, like, you need to talk to this person. Mm-hmm. And then that person was like, you need to talk to that person. And I just kept, like, going around. They were giving me the runaround, basically. And it didn't get resolved. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. We made it. <laughs> Graduated. Full, fully working. Do you feel like, this is a new question I can only ask you guys because you're working but do you feel like your college prepared you for the workforce and like the demands of your degree and everything maybe not as like relevant like do you feel prepared after college yes and no I think I learned a lot of like interview skills and like 
know how to set up my resume and that kind of thing but for like film production as a whole no we just didn't have the funding and materials for those kinds of things compared to like bigger schools like in like specific film schools like AFI or like USC um but I think I learned a lot and a lot of valuable lessons with being black and working and how to like be confident in myself and how to like interview I guess to summarize like career development Mm -hmm. and life skills more so than practical application to film production yeah strongly I would say like I know to use like word and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) and like excel but yeah not how to like budget an entire movie got it it was like (laughs) last semester when we were doing like our final films and they're like oh yeah producers you're gonna have to do this this and this and we're like hello like we didn't talk about this but i think they're incorporating like those classes now like Mm -hmm. producing classes but i didn't have that didn't have that option to see everything Gotcha. And Cara, do you think it prepared you to enter the workforce? I would also say yes and no. I think certain things it helped with, like, I don't remember the class, but they taught us how to build a resume or things to say or not say in interviews. Um, I think certain classes definitely help, like being able to put that I did TV production on my resume helped Mm -hmm. breaking into the entertainment industry, or like my work in theater helped as well Um, so I think it kind of depends on the classes, but like now being out here and being out of school there's certain things that I'm definitely having to like figure out on my own yeah, like what? um, I guess money because I was (laughs) (laughs) I was a communications major. We didn't we didn't really talk about that. Mm. Or like, I need to do my taxes now. Like there there's there just certain things that I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Was your resume class? Did you have to take that class? Because mine was like a requirement. Mine wasn't. I I think it was a, a required class, but it wasn't just for resumes. It was I I don't remember the class, but we did other stuff. Mm. Because mine was, like, within my communications, like, overview thing before we got into deep with our major. But it was, like, intro to communication development and, like, that kind of thing. Cool. Different experiences. Mm. But also valuable piece of information. So what advice do you guys have for admitted or prospective black students wanting to attend Howard or Prairie View? Specifically for Howard, be prepared to walk a lot. <laughs> the hell, man. The Speaking hell. Food. The food is great. <laughs> well, at times. Like, the inside, like, where you go, like, where they have, like, you have Chick-fil-A and stuff. We have our own thing. And like new vegan and stuff like that. That's okay. But it's not. DC food is good. So you get to see DC and 
actually go to school and I think that's cool since it's a city and a school um I would just be open to try everything and go to everything um I wish I went to step shows and like the fashion shows and stuff like that that they were having I guess I found out late and I was like I'm already home so not going back out since I live 30 minutes walking away um but now just accept it and be proud of who you are I guess that's your history you know <laughs> as someone who's howard adjacent um enjoy and <laughs> enjoy dc it's so nice that you guys are actually there mm-hmm. compared to being at umd and like having to go into the city versus you know actually being there yeah and also i think the thing that i'm missing from my hbcu education that i'm not getting is the hbcu education like some of the classes you told me about to see you i was like dang that sounds kind of interesting mm-hmm. or it's like even though this isn't necessarily relevant to what you're doing it's relevant to your livelihood yeah exactly i'm like learning something new that i didn't know before about like us black history, black history or ancestry and stuff like that i'm like wow and plus they have a program or thing where you're, if they don't provide a class at howard you can take it at a different school around the city you can take it at American or like the Catholic school or something. I didn't know that till I left, but I, I just think that's so cool. <laughs> All right, Kari, advice for admitted and prospective students? Um, I would say to join clubs. It doesn't have to be right off the bat, like when you feel ready. But that's kind of the best way to meet people or like get to know the campus community. Um, go to the like the events that they have on Wednesdays that's also a great way to meet people um also be prepared to walk and it gets it's hot it's so hot um so stay hydrated and yeah be open um it's nice when you can mix your like passion with what you're studying because sometimes those don't align but I would take advantage of opportunities to mix those two good advice um i don't have any further questions prepared for you guys i think we did a great job of just giving an overview in hbcu especially like in comparison to my other talks mm-hmm. about like all my friends who go to different types of pwis the mental health conversation and just always being aware of your blackness and then not having that with you guys because it's not really a factor in your college education and so I think this just really emphasizes the difference between those two college experiences and whether you think it's worth it or not to go to a PDWI mm-hmm. and just experience those emotions or even just like if it's worth it monetarily because Howard's fucking expensive Very. <laughs> and Very. Prairie View's fucking far. So <laughs> In the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah. You just have to weigh these things out in addition to what's it going to be like when you actually get there. And so just it's important to, you know, explore the different facets. Mm. You guys have any final words? I guess thinking about that now of how I didn't really have to feel, like, make myself feel comfortable is kind of weird to think about. Just from coming out of, like, a public school and majority of my friends were black or PSEs or something like that. And just going into that and not really having to do having to worry about my blacklist is kind of well in a way 
but not as prominent as it would be at a PWI, you know? Which is very, very odd and very weird to think about. Wow, I had that luxury of not being so forthright with it. Hmm. Wise words. Look at me now. Hey, well, if that is all, school is out of session. Thank you again for listening to Black to School. As discussed, HBCUs can prevent a lot of race-based stress that is typically associated with PWIs. However, they do come with their own unique set of challenges that reveal more about the intrinsic issues hiding within the Black community. For example, colorism. Colorism plagued a lot of Black Greek-lettered organizations. This is your AKAs, your Zetas, just to name a few. The paper bag test was used to admit women into black sororities, stating that their members could only join if they were lighter than a paper bag. To my knowledge, this has not occurred within the last few decades, but it is important to note that this is a part of HBCU history. It goes to show how white supremacy seeps into black spaces even as we continue to progress societally. Additionally, classism and ethnocentrism are issues at HBCUs. A 2015 study cited low-income students at HBCUs experience feelings of isolation and alienation compared to their more, quote-unquote, elite classmates. There's also an innate cultural division between students who are connected to their ancestral cultures and those who are not. A student who's an immigrant from the Caribbean or an African country is obviously more connected to their culture compared to someone who grew up in Missouri and does not know where their family is from. HBCUs are not perfect, but the challenges associated with them vary drastically from PWIs. When deciding whether you want to attend an HBCU or PWI, you should weigh the experiences described here compared to other episodes to define what environment can best support your education and growth. Join us next time as we discuss what it's like to go to the wrong school.